Hello and welcome to the third official episode of Practical Patriots with myself, Will Plummer, uh, Carl Farniak, myself, Drew Heisler. I'm the producer of this yeah, show. He's the producer. He's, you know, the wicky wicky wah. Yeah, you know. That was pretty man. cringy, Will. All right. Yeah, that one's cringy, you know. People. We got some good lineups, good topics today. Carl, All right, we're going to get right into it with the old Federal Reserve. I bring this up because Trump uh, met with a man by the name of Brian Allison, I believe his name is. He's a top... Uh, Wall Street banker who is really against the Federal Reserve, and the uh, reason I bring this up is because I think the Federal Reserve well, is something first that have to talk about what the Federal Reserve yeah, is. Yeah, well, I, I think that is something that a lot of Americans don't know, like really what it is or what's going on with it. So, a thing you might not know, which is really important to understand, is that the Federal Reserve is a private business. It's not part of the government. It's a private bank. Same with the another big part of this is the IRS and the Federal Reserve are intertwined. They're both pretty much private they're, they're not supposed to have anything to do with the government but, but they do they do there's uh, a lot of people involved but did <coughs> you know me. that all right yeah go ahead oh are you talking no oh, I'm he, sorry. he coughed all right Hello? i got something the the original where the federal reserve was first created was right after the revolution we were deciding where we wanted to go as a country right so there, there's the debate of whether we shouldn't have the Federal Reserve, there's the Anti-Federalists, and then there are the Federalists. Federalists favored a strong national government, and Anti-Federalists favored more power to the states. You know, In the end, we ended up with a balance in between, and that's what happened and it made our country great the way it is. Mm-hmm. But Alexander Hamilton, he had a, 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 his initial plan for our economic, the way the country's going to be run, was he was going to have... We're going to make a federal bank to assume all of our debts. So all the right. debts we had from the revolution, where it was from private people, it was also now, Before we get into this, let me add that uh, another key concept to grasp here is that for banks, debt equals money. Debt equals profits for banks. Uh, well, but just so keep that in mind. What the Federal Reserve was initially created to do was we were going to consolidate all of our state debts that we had from the Revolutionary War, and we're going to put them all under a national bank so we could be, you know be respected as a country in trade and other countries would respect us because we wouldn't be crazy amounts of debt and we'd be able to do trade and have a decent country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... That was the original purpose. Now, that, now what it's come to it's, is a corrupt it's, it's not organization. Good. So, another thing, another interesting fact about it is that uh, they basically control... They, they do control our money. They're in charge of printing uh, all our money. They... Had the they control the inflation rates. Another dumb thing they're putting in uh, charge of unemployment, which doesn't make any sense. But they control all of our money, and the thing that I find peculiar about that is that we elect our government government officials, or the bureaucrats, not them, but you know important government officials and so, someone that controls all our money. I feel like we should uh, know what's going on there. But the thing is that you're not allowed inside the front. You can go in and take tours, but what they're doing you're not allowed to see what they're doing i'm not allowed to see what they're doing the supreme court isn't not the justice department the cia the dia the fbi the, it's ATF, a private company. the bte i doubt god would be able to because what they're doing is so sketchy it's so let me start off by kind of giving you a brief history of currency so everyone know that paper money is just a it's recently it's, invented yeah it's thing. recently invented it's there's and like recently uh, as in 200 years yeah the last couple uh-huh. of centuries yeah it just it paper money isn't worth anything it's a piece of paper 
but it represents gold. If you want to, you would carry a bunch of gold around in your pockets, but that's just an inconvenience, so that's why we have paper money. But it represents gold. So the first banks were created thousands of years ago to uh, protect the people's gold. People used to barter, and so like I'll give you three bananas for four pineapples. I don't know what are pineapples and bananas worth. But uh, that, uh, as you can imagine, led to a lot of uh, inconsistencies and disagreements between uh, two barters because people couldn't decide what things were worth, which is another whole topic about communism. It relates into that, but we'll get into that in communism. another show. The only good communism. communist is a dead communist. All right. Um, <laughs> Fidel Castro recently became a good communist. <laughs> so anyways, uh, someone invented... Uh, or not invented, but came up with the idea of gold representing value. So or, this main or thing, more, not even gold, just currency yeah. in general. Like uh-huh. instead of like having to trade, you know, if I want to trade to get Drew, I want a hey. T-shirt from Drew. I say I trade him, you know, instead of trading him five coffee beans, I can give him a five dollar bill, mm-hmm. and the same thing. Consider that like to represent Done five deal. coffee beans. Wait, when you go to the grocery store and buy a gallon of milk, what do you pay for milk? Like two fifty, two dollars and fifty cents. That's the same thing as you giving them two dollars and fifty cents worth of gold. gold and silver, but that's just an inconvenience. That's why you have paper money. So, anyways, it so represents banks, wealth. Banks were first uh, invented to protect money. You put your money in the bank; they keep it, hold on to hold on to it for you, and everyone's happy. People realized there was a major market in this. The first banker, which we'll get into in a second here, is uh, a real smart guy. But in order for a bank to make money. Debt equals money. You have to they need to that. give out loans. They, that, that's so what they debt do that is. A by loan. giving out loans, which is an IOU. So if you put your money into a, the bank, if you put $50 into the bank, the bank will give you a piece of paper. Not a piece, Nowadays, not a piece of paper, but... Uh, You'll see it on your yeah, app on your phone. On your, on your phone. The, it says IOU $50. Like the letters I, the letter O, and the letter U. That's what it's, it's I-O-U, $50. Thank you for explaining that, yep. Carl. Yeah. And, uh, Real eye-opener. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of people think it's like I, the words, like I-O-U. Yeah. No, it's just an I-O-U. That's, that's all it means. Like I-O-U, $50, because you put $50 in my bank. So how a bank makes money is called fractional reserve banking. What that simple, means, isn't that giving out loans to that's, people? That's exactly what it is. Loans, mortgages, all that stuff. What that means is fractional reserve. So if, if you went to the bank, if everyone at Bank of America went there right now and requested to draw out all their money, we'd have another Great Depression. That's how the Great Depression happened, because of fractional reserve banking. But Carl, everyone's insured to $200,000 by the Federal Reserve. Yeah, yes, who insures the banks? The Federal Reserve. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Uh, Yes, yes, what's a private bank? The Federal Reserve. (laughs) You say too big to fail, it is failing. That's why it's failing the American people. That's too big to fail. That's like saying too fat to die. That doesn't make any sense. Uh-huh. Well, that's what they said about the banks in the Great Depression. But anyway, so fractional reserve banking is where the bank gives out. So say I gave Drew. Drew wants to start up a bank. I put my $100 into Drew's bank. So I just gave Drew $100. All right, Drew? All right. So you're holding on to that. Holding on and to that for Will me. wants to buy a new pair of lacrosse gloves that I know they're way expensive, but they cost $30. So Drew needs a, and Will only has twenty dollars. So Will needs a loan of ten dollars. So he goes to Drew, our new banker startup. He asks Drew, uh, "I'll have ten. Could I have a ten dollar loan?" Drew says, "Yeah, sure, go ahead." So now Drew gave ten of my dollars to Will. 
and Drew gave me when I gave Drew uh, my money, he said, "Here's an IOU. IOU a hundred dollars." So Drew gave Will ten dollars, and with you know interest rate, Will in the next three weeks, Will's gonna pay him back, pay him the ten dollars back, Drew, maybe and then twelve dollars for interest. That's how the bank makes money by putting Will in debt to the bank, and then they make money. So let's see. So that would but, mean the bank is a middleman, yep. pretty much. Mm-hmm. So what happened there? If say when and a week after that, if Will uh, wasn't done paying him back yet, and I went to go get all my $100 out of the bank, guess what? Drew's not going to have my $100 because he gave 10 of it to Will. I'm just not saying this is a bad thing. It's how banks make money. It's fractional reserve banking. That means is they only have a fraction of the reserve needed to pay back all the banks. Because they don't expect clients. someone to come and no, take they, out every dime they have mm-hmm. in the bank. They expect and the way the Great Depression happened is, uh, like, uh, some people all went to the bank and uh, because the, one, the once, bank. Yeah, once one, one person said, "Wow, they didn't have my money." Everyone's ever, going to the bank and, to get their money. No one had any money. Uh, if everyone didn't go to the bank to get their money, then it would have never happened. But everyone wants everyone their money. was everyone was trying to sell their one shares. One person too. got scared. Yeah. One then person everyone got else scared. Is like, oh crap! Everyone else. Well, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? Everyone else sells off, and then. So, anyways, now that we have a pretty basic understanding of how banking works and fractional reserve banking. We're going to dive into the Federal Reserve again. So what the Federal Reserve is, is it's a, it's supposed to be a bank that uh, puts all our debt together, our, all our personal debt, our state debt, not personal debt, state debt, our, and our, our federal government debt, debt. Our government, government debt. debt. Yep. That's what the National that's Bank that's is the meant Federal for. Reserve is meant to do. But, but it does not do that anymore. It is the biggest scam in world history. It's owned, I, all well, of our listeners maybe are, besides Obamacare. Maybe besides Obamacare. Oh, that's not really a scam. That's more of a, I'm just dumb and buying Obamacare and voted <laughs> for this guy twice. But, uh, <laughs> so I really recommend you go and research the Rothschild family because they're, they started the first like real fat fractional reserve banking system in England in, uh, way back in the 1600s, I think. But I thought fractional reserve banking was good. Oh no, it's it's all right, but it for a private, it's all right for, at a private at a, industry. At a, at a private but when bank, the government which, gets involved in large amounts, yeah, it's that's bad. So everything the government's uh-huh. involved in is bad. So these people are just the Rothschild family. They're still around today. Guess what? They own the Federal Reserve. They they're in charge of that. That's their business. They own pretty much the central banks in every country, and they also own the World Bank, which is a terrible terrible thing. It says it's supposed to fight poverty. It is the biggest money making scheme in world history. But anyway, so these people aren't very good people. They, they don't like you. Um, what they did is uh, when the English were at war with no, Napoleon they Bonaparte. they like you for your money. They like you for your money. When the English were at war with Napoleon Bonaparte, if you uh, look at that, they actually, at the very end of the war, the Engl- it was obvious that English was going to win, but the Rothschild family, they sent a courier because they didn't have any like you know communications back modern communications so they sent the guy in a horse back to england and he said napoleon bonaparte won english is going down the shit it's over and uh so after that everyone started selling all their english shares and everyone in england started freaking out because their country was just taken over basically by napoleon bonaparte in france but so after english uh, Eng- england somebody's God. calling that's what that was. <laughs> All right, so we just had to 
we had a FaceTime call, their minor inconvenience of our new podcast startup. You know, we all have our challenges, and we don't want to start over, so... Yeah, we know you have your challenges. Yeah, I have my challenges sometimes. <laughs> all right, so, uh, anyways, what we're getting into is, so after everyone in England thought England lost, and they sold all their English shares, and the value of the British pound went way down, and the country is super cheap. What the Rothschild did, the Rothschild came in, and they actually... Yeah, they were the people, remember, that sent the guy, to, uh, the capitalist, say that England lost. They bought the country of England, technically. They bought all of its assets and debts. Did England actually lost, lose? No, they won. Oh, they won. So but then, one person so then, came there yep, and so said then they after lost. they already bought England for dirt cheap, they actually, they technically bought them. They paid off, or they uh, bought all of their debts and stuff. They paid so off they, all they, their they loans, so then they essentially so, owned them. Yeah, so they own England. Because now, remember, they put England in debt to them. And then they make money. Debt equals money in banking. So then so now at, an hour later, some other guy came and said, oh, wow, that was a mess up. Uh, Napoleon actually lost. France lost. Uh, English won. Value of uh, England shot way up. They made The Rothschild made tons of money. That was a pretty uh, big scam I see. there. Uh-huh. So the individual family, right? Yep. They made the scheme where they're going to send them, oh, you lost. Yep. England gets all scared, starts selling everything. Then they're super cheap, right? Mm-hmm. Ross family comes in, buys England. Mm-hmm. And then when the next dude comes in and says, we actually won, uh-huh. the Ross family makes a boatload of money because yep. England's in debt. That Ross makes a lot of sense. Uh-huh. So, uh... So they're pretty much that's, like, that's that's a good example of what they do. And the same thing is happening with the Federal Reserve. Us when, here in yep, America. When you pay your taxes, you're not paying it to the government. You're paying it to the IRS. The IRS is a private court for I guess you call it I don't know what it would be called, but it's it's not a government operation. It's government's heavily involved in it, but it's a part of the Federal Reserve. So when you pay the the Federal Reserve send or get puts the government in debt. They take they give loans to the government, and then the government spends that money, and then they are in debt to the Federal Reserve. Then, and what that means is, since the government doesn't have any money, when you buy a house on a mortgage, the uh, house if you don't pay your mortgage, your house gets repossessed. The house is that collateral that if you don't pay your uh, mortgage, the bank will come and take. But since the government doesn't have any collateral, since they're a government, they don't technically have any money, we're all the government's collateral. You're all slaves to the federal government here, people. That's <laughs> essentially what it well, is. Well, it's, it's true. I yeah. mean, it, yeah, yeah. It, it sounds the, the government wonky, says, it's true. give us a billion dollars, our citizens are going to pay it back through taxes. So when you pay your taxes, you pay to the IRS, that's just part of the Federal Reserve, they take out their chunk, the loan that they gave the government, they take out their part of the loan, and then they give what's rest, the, the majority is left of it, they give that back to the government for actual like taxes, schools, roads, other garbage that we don't need, Obamacare. And uh, after that, and yeah, that's, that's basically how... Well, also how some the, of that money, a lot of what it goes to is administrative costs. Mm-hmm. So it pays yeah. the government bureaucrats that tell the people what to do. And mm-hmm. I mean, whatever is left of it, then they put it into roads, but that, there's not much left of it after everyone else is paid and they mm-hmm. take their grab out of the offering bin yep. pretty much. And a, another thing that uh, involves the Federal Reserve is they control the interest rate. So that's basically the amount of uh, money that Will has to pay Drew for the $10. So it's not like directly affected, but when the feds raise the interest or federal, when the federal 
when the when the, the Federal, Federal Reserve, Reserve raised there we go. Industry, when they raise the interest rates, everything else falls. Then like Wells Fargo yep. would raise theirs. Wells Fargo falls raises theirs because they have to pay the Federal Reserve more money now. So Carl, mm-hmm. let me get this straight. A private industry determines the interest rate, right? Yep. Well, can't that industry then go and say, "Hey, I know when to buy stocks then and when to sell stocks." Well, they, technically, but it's it's a lot more they tax you on inflation. I know that doesn't make sense right now, but I want to explain it. They tax you on the inflation that they put into place by raising and lowering interest rates. I see. So like So, a good example of this is well, if what's you inflation in, first of all. We need to explain Inflation that. is where the price of the dollar goes down. Yes, so, you, so you, your, your dollar you worth have less. is worth less. Say I can buy a candy bar now with a dollar, but in ten, with a dollar, but in ten years only two dollars to buy that candy bar. Mm-hmm. So that's what inflation is. Yeah, right, continue. So uh, a good example of this is if you went back to 1960 and you bought a gal, if you had a time machine, say you were back to the future, you got a time, you got the DeLorean, you travel back in time to 1960, you bought a gallon of gas, an ounce of gold, and some stamps. And then you got back in your time machine and flew back to 2016 and you set up a garage sale. You said, I'm going to sell this gallon of gas. I'm going to sell this ounce of gold. And I'm going to sell these stamps. If well, after you sold that, you wouldn't have enough money to go back and buy it because that, that's how the inflation works. They tax you on that inflation. You get that? Uh, I didn't follow that. But yeah. Produ- did you follow that, producer Drew? It's it's very complicated. It's hard to put it into example because it's I so kind of saw where you were going, but yeah. then you lost me right at the end. So if you could just uh-huh. go over the end one more time. You so like you go there, you grab the gas, right? Uh-huh. You get all your stuff, yep. you pay for it, and it'll be like how much is it? Like what, fifty cents for yeah, fifty cents for say it's gallon say of it's gas. say it's a buck total for all that stuff, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Then you come back here, how, you'd sell how much would be able to sell that for? Oh, it's a gallon of gas, two. Two fifty. Two fifty. Two. Two. So you'd be able to sell the gas for two dollars. Uh-huh. Wouldn't you make more money then? No, because after taxes, you wouldn't be able to go back to nineteen sixty and buy that same stuff. Oh, after the taxes. Uh huh. All right. I so see, that's how they I tax see. you on inflation. They they rate. I, uh, Benjamin Franklin. I forget the exact quote, but it was something along the lines of, he was against central banks and federal reserves like no one else. So the dollar each year, I think, isn't uh-huh. the inflation rate like about. 1.67 percent or you know, something, something like, like that. that per year uh-huh. so uh benjamin franklin said something along the lines of uh if if the american people ever allow a central bank to become institutionalized they will uh strip the common people of their wealth through inflation and deflation until the land their fathers conquered now belongs to the central bank or something like that because they're now indebted to the central bank through taxes which is the private yeah. private company uh-huh so and another uh Old Hickory, Andrew Jackson. He was a very against the uh, central bank too. Well, his, yeah, his he, his, uh-huh, his his the, movement. Yeah, yeah. The, there was the, a big movement uh-huh, then too. That when Andrew Jackson was president, they really wanted to. They were really pushing for a central bank, and it was the Rothschild family who came in and tried to put it into place. And well, the, well again, Andrew Jackson was not pushing for a federal bank. He was opposing it. Opposing it. Yeah. The reason why is because the Andrew Jackson movement was very against corrupt government uh-huh. because the reason why that whole party formed even though there's there's only really one party of government yeah. during the time it was the era of good feelings it was from 1800 to 1850ish uh-huh. all right so andrew jackson i believe it was the election of 1820 something i don't know that something might not wrong, be right man. but it was the one election and andrew jackson ran against uh, i don't know his name but more more of the story is the electoral college was a tie right so then mm-hmm. it went to congress the one dude uh, one of the head, the majority speaker, whatever it was, mm-hmm. 
gave it, or the House of Representatives, my bad, gave the election to the other dude that yeah. wasn't against Jackson. But then that one dude got put into the cap cabinet. Mm-hmm. So they they were pissed because they yeah. thought it was a corrupt. It was called the corrupt bargain. Uh-huh. So then Andrew Jackson led a movement the next year with a bu- the next election cycle with a bunch of people. They opposed basically what Trump's. They opposed government now. control. Well, I wouldn't compare him to Andrew Jackson because Andrew Jackson yeah. really wasn't that good. He he did instill a lot of the bureaucracy. Yeah. Well, same same type of movement. There, people it was the same with movement. The, exactly during the swamp. Bernie Sanders. It was uh-huh. a movement. Yeah. Trump. It was a movement. It was mm-hmm. people who were pissed about. The way the country is going, and they yeah. So, anyways, something. Andrew Jackson's uh, last words on his deathbed were, "I killed the bank." He was real proud of that, and that just goes to show you how important this is. I killed the bank, and the person who actually instituted the Federal Reserve was Woodrow Wilson when he was president. And he has tons of ties to all these uh, Andrew Carnegie, who you know we've talked about him in uh, earlier shows about how he's Republican, but he's still real. You know, the Andrew Carnegie, J.D. Rockefeller. JP Morgan. They were big, big they business They were big, owners. giant people back then. Those like are the billionaire tycoons who owned America. Monopolies. Monopolies. They're all monopolies. And oh, do I hate monopolies. Mm-hmm. And the, it, the federal government's monopoly, if you didn't know that. And yeah, they are. They, uh-huh. There's so many things we could talk about of how the federal government government is, creates mm-hmm. monopolies. They so, create monopolies on healthcare. God. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Healthcare, banking, schooling. Much. School, schooling, that's a big one. All right, well, we'll talk about that another time. Sorry. Thank you. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, what they did, they all got into a meeting, and there are the people that tried to institute the Federal Reserve. They were big, big pushers for the Federal Reserve, which says something about it as well. The people that are pushing for it are these giant, monopolistic uh, business tycoons. And, is that a word, monopolistic? It is now. All right. Um, it is now. And they had tons of ties, everyone knew, to Woodrow Wilson, who was you know, the president who uh, signed in the Federal Reserve. And... So, well, no. Uh, he was the one who transferred it from uh, being a government organization yeah. to, a, to private a private business. Uh-huh. Congress used to have control over the Federal yeah. Reserve. That was when it was somewhat acceptable mm-hmm. because it was Central a Central Bank, not the Federal Reserve. Yeah. Federal Reserve is it's just like the name of, I, I don't know, iPhone. It's Apple. It's not like a Federal Reserve. That's just the name of the bank. It's not it, Federal Reserve doesn't mean anything. They're not federal and they're not reserving anything. It's just the name of the bank. That's It's... No different than Apple computers or, you know. It's a business. It's, it's, it's it does a not mean a it's a federal. Federal That's how they reserve does not mean it's a government. They think it's a government uh-huh. organization. So when all these big business tycoons got, tycoons got together, they said, let's make people think that it's part of the government. And that's exactly what they did. Because an overwhelming majority of people think that the Federal Reserve is part of the government, which is indeed not. So uh, to end on this, then we'll get on to another issue. Uh the last person to actually oppose the Federal Reserve was uh, JFK. You know, we don't know how that turned out. Which, that's that's an interesting thing. I don't know, it's a little loony, but, I mean, I'm not saying that, that it's a big conspiracy or anything, but about two weeks before he was killed, he signed into a bill that would abolish the Federal Reserve. Who was this? JFK. JFK? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, that's what the Federal Reserve does. They take your money, they give it to the government after they're done taking their share of nothing. Not their share of nothing, but their share for doing nothing. Exactly. And they tax you on inflation Administrative costs. Yeah. It's, it's not anything that does anything for the people. It uh-huh. just pays the people who are it's doing a bi- it. It's the greatest business plan. It's the greatest business idea ever thought of See, the thing is, the, the Federal Reserve is a great business plan. Uh-huh. But the thing is, when it concerns everyone, it's a it should yeah. be a government organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the Federal Reserve... The, it, 
and the Rothschild family. They have the greatest business plan possibly history of the world. It's they make scheme. So much I money. wouldn't even call it a it's plan. A, yeah, it's, it's a, a scheme. scheme. It's a business scheme, and they're only expanding. You got to realize that. That's uh, all. Hopefully, they want. with the Trump presidency, they're gonna shut because the leader of the Federal Reserve now she's actually you know pretty liberal. I know they're not supposed to have political affiliation, but but they do. She's pretty liberal, and I they've been artificially keeping the interest rates so low for all these years under Obama, and now I think under Trump they're gonna raise them, so everything's gonna fall like we explained. Well, they do it so then they can win elections mm-hmm. the next time around. Yep. And the a big hit to the you know the whole you know central banking thing was Brexit when yeah. Britain said oh, yeah. you know we're not going to do this and uh-huh. and then the Trump election that's a big thing from the American people we don't want any of your globalization you know PC crap anymore mm-hmm. we're gonna because you have to understand globalization there's so many naive people out there that think it's all about you know oh let all these people into our country which you know is a good you know, idea we should sometimes. help people we out help people but, but we, should, we need to help us out first. Glo- and- globalization isn't for it's not helping people it's funded and pushed by these billionaires george soros of the democratic party the rothschild family all these huge powerful wealthy families they're the ones that push globalization because they profit off of it because yes they profit off it and everyone else gets screwed over mm-hmm. it's like the liberal ideal in the liberal and communist idea of utopia. Mm-hmm. Utopia is a big thing that they like to talk about. They like to talk about, oh, if everyone just does their fair share, it'll all be good. And you know, the but, government will own everything because you know we're too we're too naive and stupid, and we will we fight utopia too much. Utopia doesn't exist. We fight too much to create. We fight too much to handle our own money, to handle our own property. Mm-hmm. So let's just let the government control it, and we can just each do our work. And if everyone puts in and does their work. It'll be fine. There's and, an issue. and there's an issue there because that's not the way stuff works. There's competition in nature. Mm-hmm. In, that's exactly if you're right. In, if you're in the wild and there's a pack of wolves, right? And there's, mm-hmm. say there's, they, say there's uh, let's say there's 10 wolves and only five deer. Only five of those wolves are going to be able to eat. And a whole deer. Only a whole deer, exactly. Like, there's competition in nature. There's competition yeah. for yeah, you resources. Have to that. Humans are not. There's always going to be. I don't know if maybe someone is going to be like a perfect communist leader. It there communism, is no perfect. They keep saying that mm-hmm. you haven't used communism. Oh, yeah. democratic socialism hasn't been done yet. Democratic there's no such thing as democratic socialism. As if you are owned by the Complete government fate. and uh-huh. you're able to vote for it. It doesn't matter because they own the means of production. Uh, and, you have it, no say over your absolute, private In an absolutely perfect world where no competition and no jealousy or greed exists. Doesn't exist. Commun- that, that doesn't exist. doesn't exist. So that's why communism can't exist. In that world, communism may be able to exist. Capitalism would still be a much better option. Everyone but that would world be richer. doesn't exist. But unfortunately, it's that a world, fantasy. Yeah, it's, yeah, I wish no one was jealous. I wish no one was greedy. I wish no one was yeah, poor. But I wish no one was poor. But the you know, thing is... Those poor people in communism will stay poor. Mm-hmm. Those poor people in capitalism have the opportunity to rise out of the situation they're in and make something of themselves. That's something in capital or in in communism, what they do, and even you can see it today, when you're in the inner cities, they just like to keep people just barely yep. afloat. They like to give you, oh, your project just ate, enough, just mm-hmm. enough to just keep enough you to on keep, the government yep. tit and keeping you. Under their control. Mm-hmm. All they want is control over you. They don't give a damn about the people in the inner cities of Chicago. They just want you to listen to them. That's yeah. why That's why every four years when Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama come around for the 
African Americans, the Hispanic vote, they're like, oh, vote for me, I'm gonna stand up for your rights, when they screw you over, and they're like, see you in four years. Yeah, like, identity politics in the left, is that's that's yeah. basically all they're trying to run with. That's, right all, that's all they had to run with in this election. Because every other big ideas cry are that we're done with identity politics. Clinton had a message for the Hispanics, for the blacks, for the straight people, for the gay people, for the white people. They had, she had her each message for each person. Trump had one message. It was to the American people. We will make America great again. Mm-hmm. Less taxes, less regulation, common sense immigration. That's why he won. That's yeah, why I, I, he a, a won. A good example to end on is uh, what's happening in Venezuela right now. What's going on there is why no one has any food. People are paying. It's crazy inflation, which you know we talked about earlier, but that's for a different reason. They have a central bank, but it's failed because their uh, socialist country has failed. But... Uh, What's going on there is the reason people can't get any food is because the people the government hired to uh, distribute the food, they actually had these big warehouses. There's there's more than enough food for everyone, but the people they hired don't distribute it. They The government gave them billions of dollars to be in charge of food distribution. They got all the food they have in big warehouses, See, and they the, up the and left. The, the way that would work corrupt. is if, say, the food was held by private companies, mm-hmm. and for those private companies to stay afloat, they need to sell food. Yeah, they need so them. they'd sell the food. Uh-huh. But government control, more of the story is, anything government controlled will most likely Go to be inefficient, or it just won't happen. Mm-hmm. It's plain and simple. Thanks for tuning in, guys. That is our third episode. Uh, please tune in to the next one. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Have a good day.